Hawaii Volunteer State. It's time to join the nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of Rivals and Ballquest.com. Presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Breaking news and giving expert analysis. For the next hour, Chris and Austin will take your calls on college athletics around the SEC and the nation. College football, basketball, special guests, recruiting, and more. The nation. Hosted on location by Texas Roadhouse. Sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group. Celebrating 30 years and the number one lender in the state of Tennessee. Learn more at MIGonline.com. By Texas Roadhouse, your home for legendary food and legendary service. 12 area East Tennessee restaurants. By Marathon. Want to get a full tank of freedom? Stop by your neighborhood Marathon station. Marathon. Fueling the American spirit. By Blue Bunny Ice Cream. Available in Neyland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena. By Tennessee LASIK Associates. Proud supporter of the Tennessee Volunteers. See the difference with Tennessee LASIK and by Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. Coors Light, made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Distributed across the volunteer state by Cherokee Distributing. The Nation is also brought to you by... It's been a, uh, just an outstanding weekend for you, your family, all your loved ones, and we certainly thank you for tuning in as you, we do this every Sunday night. It's Chris Lowe with uh, the original, the OG, <laughs> Brent Hubbs in the house tonight at the Texas Roadhouse. We started this. Brent, I know we talk about this all the time. I don't know how many years ago we started this gig. We can't remember because we're old. We're all, we're all old. That's right. That's what happens when you get old. Your memory, you, you have these memory lapses. But uh, Brent Hubbs sitting in tonight for Austin Price. Uh, Austin with his family, and we certainly wish him safe travels. But good to have you as we're at the Texas Roadhouse tonight here at the Morrell Road location, just adjacent to Westtown Mall. And uh, starting to get used to these Sunday nights now. Tennessee football coming off of a win. Yeah, winning uh, winning's fun for Tennessee fans. And, uh, you know, I think Chris, and you'll hear this from Jeremy Pruitt. You heard it last night post game. You'll hear it from him when he meets the media again middle of the week. Tennessee did not play well, did not play great by any stretch of the imagination, but they found a way, and I think that's a sign of growth. Sometimes you just you got you got to win ugly. You got to win when you don't play your best. Uh, you got to win when a lot of things go against you. That first quarter could not have been worse for Tennessee last night. Uh, to be down 13 nothing, to get beat in every phase of the game the way they did in the first quarter, but to still find a way to win tells you. You know, this program's growing, and this program is getting better. They still have a long ways to go. Uh, they're not close to where they need to be. They haven't come close to playing a complete football game and or a great football game all season, but they're finding a way. And what they've done is they put themselves in the same position they were a year ago at this time, 5-5 five and five with two to play. Can Tennessee get, get it done this year? Can they finish this year? That will be another sign of program growth if they can find a way 
to win one or two more games, get bowl eligible, and play in the postseason. The Vols winning up in Lexington last night. Cold Lexington. You were up there 17-13. to 13. Uh, A goal line stand there that Tennessee fans probably going to remember for a while. A tough, uh, gritty goal line stand. And, and let's face it, playing a Kentucky team, there was really no threat to throw the football. Uh, Eddie Grant, Kentucky's offensive coordinator, did some things. and Give him credit for, for spreading Tennessee out initially. But Tennessee doing a nice job of, of adjusting on its own and, and really making or making sure uh, that, that Kentucky was one-dimensional and, and ultimately made Kentucky pay for that as they stopped the Wildcats down there on the goal line. And as I look and, and sort of segue what you were saying about this team and its improvement, you know, when, when a team makes the kind of jump that Tennessee's made, and let's be honest, if you, you look at – What's happened from a thousand feet away? Tennessee was awful to start the season. Mm-hmm. Bad. I mean that those, really bad. One inexcusable loss to Georgia State. Another one at home against BYU against a really just a sort of a mediocre BYU team. Not a terrible, but but not a great BYU. Team. But a game you gave away. You but had one. And you, cr- you know, you just critical gave mistakes. Game away. Critical yeah, mistakes. Gave it away. Um, so you look at where they were, and, and they had a long ways to come. But even so, when you come as far as Tennessee's come. It always, to me, always having covered ball for a long time, one of the common denominators is always your older veteran players stepping up and leading and making big plays and hanging in there and, and, and pulling guys together and, and, and sort of making sure that guys aren't turning on each other and leading by example. And you see that all across the board of this team. Daniel Batuli right. playing his heart out last night, 19 tackles. Jared Garantano, what can you say? about that kid and you know yeah he made some boneheaded plays and we go back to Alabama but botch quarterback sneak but boy really ever since that play when this team has needed him he has delivered how dramatically did that game change when he entered the game in the second half last night totally different totally different um you know they the Tennessee's opening possession of the second half they they come out offensively and it's bam 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 touchdown and it, I mean, it was in a blink. It was like, uh, you know, created some doubt in the stadium, gave Tennessee a shot in the arm, gave them life. Defense responded with a three and out, and ball game's on at that point. Um, you know, the thing that Jared did last night, and, and Jared has, has been tough and has been, has been gritty his entire career. Um, we all have talked about that, his willingness to stay in the pocket and take a big shot while trying to deliver the ball. We've also talked about his shortcomings and, you know, the issues he has as a quarterback, and there's certainly plenty of those as well that, that, you know, they're trying to manage with him and he's trying to manage. What he did last night, though, Chris, particularly in the third quarter, I thought he saw the football field as well as he's seen it. Um, he, had a, he had a pocket presence about him. He knew when to step up, when to slide. He, he climbed the pocket a couple times on some throws. He made a couple plays with his feet when, when they needed to play with, the, with, the, with his legs. Um, he got that done. I thought he was as dialed in in the third quarter and in the second half last night with seven of eight for 115 yards and two touchdowns. It's as sharp as he's been, in my opinion, under Jim Chaney. Now, maybe he put up bigger numbers against South Carolina, but he had complete command and complete control of the offense in the football game when he was on the field last night. And that's a credit to him. That's a credit to his resiliency to, to stick with it. Look, we're in a day and age where everybody turns in their pads first chance something goes bad, right? Right. And he didn't. I mean, he could have he could have turned in his pads after the Alabama game. Tennessee fans would have celebrated that happening. 
and, and everybody would have said, move on. Hey, we got, you know, we got a guy. We're good. Uh, but he didn't. He stayed with it. And back to your point of, of a bigger picture of, you know, the older players rallying. For any new coach that takes a job, with, with the way recruiting rules and oversighting limitations are in place today and kids transferring and all those things, Chris, you can't just run everybody off to get your own people in there. You have to get your older guys to buy into what you're doing if you're going to have a chance to, to really flip the roster over the two- or three-year period it takes to flip a roster. And, and you look at the bodies of, of guys who were doing that for Tennessee, uh, the Nigel Warriors, the Batulis, you know, you mentioned Jared, uh, other players in this roster that are, that are doing it for Tennessee when, quite frankly, you know, they didn't sign up to play for this guy. And, right. and maybe this guy didn't ultimately want them, but he knew he had to have them and give Jeremy Pruitt and his staff credit for, for developing those guys at the latter part of their career, getting something out of them productive, and getting those kids to believe. And that's what you have to do as a new coach. If you can't get your older ones to buy in, man, you got a ugly overhaul. And, and Jeremy Pruitt's done a good job in year two getting those older guys to buy in. Well, in the world of the transfer portal, Okay, in the world of everybody saying, you know what, it's, you know, I don't like the way this coach is coaching me or, or you know, this guy's – this system's not right for me or, or what have you, I think there's a lot of credit to go around here. There's a lot you – know, you mentioned Jared Garantano and the way he's hung in there. I mean, that kid took a lot of abuse. Okay, no, no a lot of it he brought on his own, okay. But I can't count the number of people, fans, former players, people that I've known for a long time say – if I go to the stadium the next game and, and, and Jared Garantano is out there, I'm walking out and leaving. I don't want to see him on the football field anymore. And yet, you know he heard some of that. Oh, sure he did. Okay. And yet he continued to come back. You know, Jeremy was in his grill and should have been in his grill. Okay. But give Jeremy Pruitt credit for the way he handled it. Give Garantano credit for the way he took the hard, tough coaching. Didn't, you know, didn't pout, didn't shrivel up, and kept coming. Give the guys around him credit. Give his teammates credit. Because, you know, they were frustrated too. Sure. Right? But they didn't turn on each other. There wasn't, at least certainly, anything that was handled was handled in the inner sanctum of the locker room. There wasn't finger pointing outside the locker room. That's what you, going back to what you you talked about at the beginning of the show, when I look at a football team that sort of comes back from the dead the way this one has, those are all just about always common denominators. Yep. And the coach, the veterans, players, you know, rallying around a guy who struggled, a guy who's your quarterback. Quarterback's not just the leader of the offense. He's the leader of your football team. Well, and give Jared credit for the Sunday after Alabama. Now, look, I don't want to make it out to be a Hollywood dramatic scene or anything like that because it wasn't that. But what happened at Alabama for him was, was bad, humiliating, embarrassing, you know, from the standpoint of the play he made and the head coach's reaction to it on national TV, okay? He got blistered. He comes in on Sunday, individually meets with coaches and apologizes to them and apologizes to the team and took 100% ownership behind closed doors about it and said, hey, I'm going to go to work every day. And he has. He's never, he's never declared I need to be the starter. He's never said, you know, if I'm not starting, then I'm out of here or, or any of that. He didn't go to the practice field and – cross his arms and, and, and pout when he wasn't getting first-team reps and that type of thing. He's been ready whenever they've called him to, to, to come in and be ready. I mean, look, there's not a lot of starting quarterbacks who lose their job who really stay ready to play each and every week. He has. He's been called upon, and he's 
He's the reason why Tennessee's won four of their last five football games. And you know what else you're seeing now? And I, I've been asked ad nauseum. I was early in the season. I know you've been asked about ten times that from people. Why is he playing? they got to have a better player. Let's play the freshman. Let's play this guy. Anybody but Garantano. You're seeing now what the coaches saw in scrimmages, what they saw in preseason. He's playing now a lot closer to that than he was in games. Listen to these numbers, second-half numbers, and this tells you all you need to know about Jerry Garantano. In the last five games, in the second half of games, he's 20-37 to for 426 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. You talk about playing winning football in the second half when it matters. That's what he's done. And in those five games, Tennessee's 4-1. and one. If you take out the loss and just do the four wins, he's completing 80% yep. of his throws in the second half. Hey, look, I, I, don't, care, I don't care what you are. I, I, don't, I don't care what your flaws are, Chris. But if you complete 80% of your passes and don't give it to the other team, you're going to have a chance to win football games. And that's what he's done in the second half, and that's why Tennessee held on to beat Mississippi State. That's why they beat South Carolina. That's obviously why they beat UAB, and that's why they won the football game last night. The nation is presented across the state of Tennessee each week by our friends at Mortgage Investors Group, celebrating their 30th anniversary serving Tennesseans. You know, don't let your lender lose your loan in outer space. Keep your mortgage on the ground with MIG. It's not rocket science. MIG, as we said, celebrating being in business for 30 years this year. They're also the number one lender in the state of Tennessee, the number one USDA Tennessee lender, and the number one THDA lender. Let them put that experience to work for you. As a first-time home buyer, are you applying for your first home loan? Maybe that could seem like a daunting task. Don't worry. Mortgage Investors Group will be here every step of the way. Let our experts help you get started on the path to home ownership. Mortgage Investors Group has real offices with real people right here in Tennessee. Mortgage Investors Group is committed to helping Tennesseans fulfill their dreams of home ownership. Their mortgage experts will find and structure the mortgage that best fits your needs and achieves your goals. Mortgage Investors Group wants to be your home lender. Are you buying a new home? Maybe you just need to lower your home payment, pull out some cash out of the equity in your home. Let Mortgage Investors Group work for you. Go to MIGonline.com for the nearest office to you. Equal housing lender, license 109111. That's 109111. Uh, talk a little basketball right quick here, Brent, before we go to our first break. Tennessee opening this season, the men's basketball team last week with a win over UNC Asheville. They play Murray State on Tuesday. I think this is a Tennessee basketball team that is not 100% health-wise. They're a little bit banged up. Uh, still, Guys still sort of fighting their roles. Different, Going to be a di- much different kind of team, different identity than we saw last year. But they play Murray State on Tuesday at home before they go to Toronto next Saturday to play Washington. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the Washington game, and, and not to skip past Murray State, because Tennessee will have to play well there. That's a very different Murray State team, obviously, than they were a year ago when they made their tournament run. But that Washington game is going to be the first true major test, I think, for Tennessee's post, because Washington's got some dudes that can play inside. And how does Fulkerson and, and Pons and some of these other guys play in the post, uh, and, you know, against big-time talent, big-time big men who can score and do a lot of things? Uh, will be the first major test for that team without um, Euros Plavich, you know, Plavich, um in the lineup because he's you know been ruled ineligible. So and I think Tennessee expects to hear something in the next week on him, one way or the other. Yeah, and I think it would be an upset if they got if they got good news. Yeah. Just just because there's, I don't think there's any new information to provide that you know that's been provided for the appeal. Maybe there's something there I'm not aware of, but I think it would ultimately be an upset if that ended up happening. But what you said is 
you're exactly right. They're they're going to be different, and and for this team to be successful, they, their guard their guard play has to be really good. Lamonte Turner, Jordan Bowden have to play well. Can't the, have off nights. Yeah, and the first two games they've not played well. They've turned the football or turned the basketball over too many times. Kind of got out of the confines of the offense. Kind of went a little on their own at times. Maddening to Rick Barnes. They, those guys, all those young players are looking to them, okay, and they've got to set the tone early in this season so this team will develop the right way. They've got to play um, consistently night in and night out the way that Rick Barnes needs them to. All right, let's take our first break on the nation. That's the veteran Brent Hubbs breaking it down as we're here at the Texas Roadhouse, the Morrell Road location. We'll be back here on the nation in just a couple minutes. Texas Roadhouse is your home for legendary food and legendary service, 12 area East Tennessee restaurants. Do you hate to wait? Download the Texas Roadhouse mobile app and get your name added to the wait list before your arrival order to go. Bring in the whole family to enjoy Kids Night at the Texas Roadhouse. Visit TexasRoadhouse.com to find out the details about your favorite location. Texas Roadhouse is your home for hand-cut steaks, fall-off-the-bone ribs, made-from-scratch sides and dressings, fresh-baked bread, ice-cold beer, and legendary margaritas. Down the field, Rocky Top, running through the tee. The Big Orange is steeped in tradition. Charlie, Ken, and now me, Kevin Frazier. Frazier's Carpet One is also steeped in tradition. Since 1953, Frazier's has been the name to trust in carpet, hardwood, luxury vinyl tile, and anything for your floors. Call us at 546-4850. We'll come to you. We'll make it easy. Everything for the floor, from the tradition you trust more, Frazier's. When Chrissy Ray and Chuck Tunkin founded Mortgage Investors Group in 1989, the idea was simple. Help people realize the American dream. 29 years and 115,000 clients later, Mortgage Investors Group is the number one lender in Tennessee. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do your mortgage, but it does take a promise. At MIG, it is their joy to keep promises. Go to MIGonline.com and let them get started on your American dream today. MIG is an equal housing lender. Mortgage License 109111. Right now, you can get five cents off every gallon of fuel every day. That's five cents off every gallon with Make It Count Rewards from Marathon. Plus, you can earn points for additional savings on fuel, airfare, hotels, and more. It's quick and easy to join. Just visit makeitcount.com slash radio or download the free app. So start saving today with Make It Count from Marathon. Offer valid only at participating Marathon locations. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. The world's most refreshing beer is now available at College Football's Best Stadium. This season, enjoy Rocky Mountain Cold Coors Light on Rocky Top, now inside Neyland Stadium. So when the action on Shields Watkins Field heats up, Coors Light is there to cool things down because it's made to chill. This fall at Neyland Stadium, grab the beer that supports the balls. Ice-cold Coors Light. Celebrate responsibly. 21 means 21. Distributed across Big Orange Country by Cherokee Distributing. Proud sponsor of UT Athletics. You're listening to The Nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of ValQuest.com, presented by Mortgage Investors Group. All right, welcome back into the show. This is The Nation, and we thank you for spending part of your Sunday evenings with us. Uh, been doing this show, uh, I guess Brent and I will go back and forth, whether it's been, I don't know, 14, 15 years. It's been a while, but it's certainly good to have my main man, Brent Hubs, back here filling in for Austin Price. Um, 
You've always been pretty good off the bench, haven't you, Brent? <laughs> Not as good as Jerry Garantano has been Jerry off the Gar- bench. Jerry Garantano has been pretty darn good off the bench. Best six man in college football. Um, I mean, how many six men do you see in college? Really an unusual, you know, s- scenario when you think about it. I mean, look, we've seen Spurrier. Okay, we're going to rotate quarterbacks, you know, every other play or every, every other, play. other series, whatever. Never but, forget that 98 up here, what he did. <laughs> Jesse Palmer Doug, every, and, Doug, and, and, and Dougie Johnson are going to rotate him every snap. But but to have somebody who – I mean, Jared said it best last night, Chris. He didn't know if he was going to play, okay? He, he, you know, he might play. Um, he had to be ready to play. But he didn't know if he was going to play. And, and it's one thing when you go in and the coach says, hey, you're going in third series. Because you know you got to get your mind right. It's another thing to go out there and warm up and get ready to play, and then the coach says, you know, we'll see how the game goes. And to have the mentality to be ready whenever called upon – um, the way he has during this stretch is, again, a testament to who he is, uh, the, kind of the mentality he has, the approach to the game that he brings. And uh, it's been clutch for Tennessee. You had those second-half numbers. Been really, really good uh, for Tennessee, and he was terrific in the third quarter last night. Yeah, and in fact, you, you mentioned Jarrett Garantano. I think we're going to try to catch up with him at some point tonight on the show. Okay, good. T- Tennessee uh, off next week. Good time to have an off oh, week. Much needed for this team. Much needed. When you when you look at you know, Batuli and the amount of snaps he's playing and, and Nigel Warrior. Some of those guys, they're not hurt, but they're just, you know, they're be- beaten battered because they're playing so many snaps. Henry Toa Toa got bang- banged up last night with the knee. He needs a week to get back. Uh, Darnell Wright with his ankle has not played in a couple weeks. It'll give him a chance to get back. Wanya Morris is banged up. This should give him a chance to get somewhat healthy. Jared needs the week for his hand. You know, another week and a half will help take some of the soreness and pain that he's dealing with out of his hand there. Um, so they've got Aubrey Solomon's got every bump and bruise known to man. He went out twice last night with his knee bothering him. Uh, Bryce Thompson's dealing with a knee injury. So this is a great time to get an open date. And I'll say this. I mean, last night's game was a game that Jeremy Pruitt had real concerns about going back to the summer. Okay, when, when you go back and look at um, the schedule, the way it fell, the Tennessee coming off a long stretch. That was their final game of a six-game stretch. Kentucky coming off an open date. It was a scary game just on the schedule. Now, that was before injuries and everything else that Kentucky dealt with, but just the timing of it and the setup for that game was a pretty scary notion for Jeremy Pruitt. So very, very uh, good time for Tennessee to have an open date. Missouri's got... Uh, Florida next week, so they're going to be a little bit bruised and battered and, and can and have their struggles going on. So it sets up pretty well for Tennessee, Chris, these last two weeks, if they can get well. That's why Jeremy Pruitt gave his team today off. They're going to get tomorrow and Tuesday off, go back to the practice field on Wednesday. Well, you, you mentioned uh, Mr. Jarrett Garantano. And, Are and, we going to the pen? And we're going to go to the pen. He's been pretty darn good out of the pen all year. Jarrett, we appreciate you joining the show. you got Chris Lowe and Brent Hubbs, my man. Uh, I just read some stats a minute ago. Your second-half stats have been phenomenal these last five football games. What do you tr- attribute the way you've been able to hang in there, the way this football team has been able to hang in there, and the way you guys have rallied around each other the last four or five football games? Uh, really the seniors. I mean, we've been through a lot of things throughout the past couple of years, and just to be able to finish the way that we're finishing, I mean, we haven't really accomplished anything just yet. We have to make sure that we finish the last two weeks off the right way but the seniors really have done a lot for us and we're going to tr- uh, continue to try to get them to a bowl game Jared, i wonder you know part of part of playing sports and certainly football in particular 
is it teaches you you're going to get knocked down. You know, you're going to have bad games. You're going to do things that, that we all wish we had do-overs. When I think about you, and I go back to that play against Alabama, the way you came back from that, the way you took hard coaching, the way your teammates rallied around you, what, what, what did that mean to you? What do you think that meant to everybody on this football team? Yeah, I mean, going back to that play, there was miscommunication with the whole offense. And the next day I went into there and I took full responsibility and I apologized to my team because I knew that it was it was my fault. It was it was the sidelines fault. But I, I knew that in general I should have did things differently. And from that point on, I think my team has truly accepted me for that. And I've tried to do everything in my power to get their full trust back. And these last couple of weeks, you can see that we're playing a lot different. And I'm really proud of the team. And the way that we've handled some things. Jared, where, where does the mentality come from that you've had to ju- just to get through, to get through it and to be ready to play, even though you don't know if you're going to play or when you're going to be called? I mean, we live in a world where, quite frankly, not a lot of people want to go through the hard stuff. They want to hit the reset button. What, what, do, you, what do you credit the mentality you have from to be able to, to deal with things the way you've dealt with it the last month and to thrive to the point that, I mean, Tennessee's 4-1 and one in their last five, and you're a huge reason why that's the case. Really, really, I mean, I didn't start off the season just like I wanted to, and I knew that I owed a lot to my teammates, and I, I really wanted to come in and be able to get them a lot of wins. And if Coach Pruitt wanted this to be the option for me, then I just I'm going to follow them. And if that gets us wins, then I'm going to do so. I'm just happy in the fact of that we're finishing these last five games the way we did. I mean, there's a lot of room to grow and a lot of room for improvement, but I think that we're playing as hard as we possibly can. I don't want to sound like the medical person in the emergency room, but you said last night after the game in the TV interview that your that your hand hurt, that it, that it was hurting. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to tell me what the smiley face is, but, but what, what's the pain tolerance, what's the pain level that you've had to deal with with that hand in the cast playing the last two weeks? Yeah, the hand the hand's been hurting pretty bad, but I'm I'm really not too worried about it. It's football, and you're gonna have to play through certain things in your career. And I knew that when it happened, I was gonna have to do that. And I told the doctor as soon as it happened that I'll be back in about three days. So being able to come back from that, I knew that it was gonna be some pain, but some things you got to deal with, you know. Did, did you feel like last night when you went in the game in the in the third quarter? I mean, the offense changed dramatically. It was click, 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 bam, touchdown. Did, did you see some stuff on the sideline that, that you felt was was available so you had a better feel for what they were doing defensively? Were you were you just locked in? Why were you able to come in and go seven for seven for 115 yards and two touchdowns in the third quarter? A long, long, long week of film study. I mean, I saw a lot of things during film study, and I'm very, how, how would I say this? I, I know, I've known Kentucky's defense over the past couple of years, and being able to see when they're rolling the three cloud or when they're playing standing too high, playing cover four, it's just a little tidbit. And being able to watch that during the week, I knew that when my time when my number was called, I would be able to execute some things. I think we did so in the second half yesterday. Hey, Jared, it's Chris again. Your receivers, uh, watching the chemistry, the way you guys have connected, uh, how much fun is that to to know guys? When you put it where they can go get it, they're going to go get it, whether it's the back shoulder throw, uh, just the way you guys have connected over the last few games. How fun is that as a quarterback? Yeah, it's been really fun. I think that we're playing at a very high level 
in the passing game, I mean, I think that there's some things that we can definitely improve on, but the receivers are making a lot of plays for us and they're getting open. And when, when their number's called, they're doing what they're supposed to do. And I'm really proud of the effort that they play with. And they're, they're really the leaders of the offense. What do you feel best about this football team right now as you hit the home stretch as compared to last year? Because your team was in a pretty similar situation a year ago. And I know you guys did not finish the season the way you wanted to. As you look at this home stretch this year, what gives you hope and encouragement that it will be different? Well, first, this bye week is really, really, really a great thing for us. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are banged up, and, and, and we have a lot better numbers than last year. I think that we have a lot more linemen. We have a lot more front seven guys on defense that will be able to step in, but this bye week is going to be great for us to get our bodies back, and we know that we have two tough SEC opponents coming up, and we really want to finish the right way. You know, Jared, as I look at this team and watch the way it's clawed back, and you've gotten so many contributions from veterans and seniors. The way you guys haven't backed down, it really looks like a football team that's taken on the personality of your head football coach, Jeremy Pruitt. Do you agree? And, and sort of what is that personality? Yeah, 100%. Like going back and just thinking about what Coach Pruitt wanted to implement in this whole team, in this whole university. It was tough, this one, and details. And throughout the week, I mean, we didn't start off too hot with the details, and that's really the reason that, we didn't play as well as we should have. And throughout the season, we really started to connect with the details on offense and details on defense. And that's just a testament to our older guys in the locker room and the guys that are saying that they didn't want to go out the way that we were going out at the beginning of the year. And Coach Pruitt's all about resiliency, and I think that we showcase some of that throughout the season. Jared, are you having fun? Yeah, I'm back having fun. I'm loving it. You said last night it was – it was really hard, and it's the first time you kind of admitted to kind of the, the, the challenges that you had gone through. When, when, did, when is it fun? When did it become fun again? I know winning is fun, but for you personally, when did it become just kind of, hey, it's the game I grew up playing and love playing. When, when did you find that, and how did you find that? Yeah, I mean, yesterday I said that I, I've never been through something like this, and it was, it was honest. I mean, I, I've never really experienced something like this in my whole career, and it was very tough for me at first, and throughout time, I mean, all Coach Brewer kept saying is, it's the same game you played your whole life, and he kept saying how much he believed in me and what type of player he thought I was, and I just kept kept telling myself that each and every day, and of course, there was tough moments, and there were some things on the field that weren't displayed like we all envisioned, and I especially envisioned, but every single day, we came to work very hard, and towards the, <laughs> towards the end of the season, I feel like some things are being able to show off, and there's still a lot of work to do, but I'm happy that I went to that tough patch in my life because it's taught me a lot about myself. Jared, we'll get you out of here on this one. What did it mean to you to see the way your teammates rallied around you after you went to them and the way they have continued to rally around you and each other as you get to this point here in the season? It means a lot. I mean, they know how much I love them. and Every single day in the locker room, I mean, we experience a lot together and We've been friends for probably way longer than the time that we've been on the field together. So, I mean, it's just going back to that. I felt a lot of relationships in the locker room. Like being able to get wins for those guys and being able to experience the things that we've been experiencing these past couple of weeks, it means a lot to me and it means a lot to the program, I, I believe. Well, Jarrett, man, we appreciate the time. Best of luck to you. Get that hand uh, well. I know this is, as you said, a much-needed week off for you and everybody, and we look forward to catching up with you down the road, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you so much.
Okay, that's Tennessee quarterback Jarrett Garantano joining us tonight on the nation. We're late for the break, but certainly worth it. We'll be back here at the Texas Roadhouse in just one minute. Hey, fans, for the best selection of Big Orange merchandise, touchdown at Hound Dogs in West Knoxville, locally owned and operated. Hound Dogs is your one-stop shop for all things Big Orange. To find out more, text HD Radio to 64600. That's HD Radio to 64600. When it's time to get geared up for game day, just think Hound Dogs. Hey, Tennessee fans, there's a new player in town. Your favorite Blue Bunny ice cream is now available in Neyland Stadium and at Thompson Bowling Arena. It's time to sack your sweet tooth with Blue Bunny. Made in the ice cream capital of the world, Blue Bunny offers more than 500 varieties of ice cream and novelties. Look for your favorite Blue Bunny products at participating retailers across the state or at concession stands inside Neyland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena. Sack your sweet tooth with Blue Bunny. Mortgage Investors Group is the number one residential mortgage lender in the state because they offer superior customer service and their mortgage professionals take pride in finding solutions personalized for you. As your home team lender, the local loan officers at MIG are experts in the market. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance, Mortgage Investors Group offers a winning game plan. To get pre-qualified or for information about our locations across Tennessee, visit MIGonline.com. Equal housing lender, license 109111. This is Dr. Colby Stewart with Tennessee LASIK. It's been a privilege to partner with the Vols for over a decade. Tennessee LASIK has helped thousands improve their vision, including VFL greats, Rajon Neal, and Will Overstreet. Are you tired of wearing glasses or contact lenses? Visit TNLASIK.com or call 966-9182 to schedule your free consultation today. Tennessee LASIK wants you to see the Vols in 2020. The world's most interesting beer is now available this season at Neyland Stadium, the home of the Vols. Enjoy the excitement of Dos Equis Cerveza at your watch party tailgate and now at University of Tennessee home football games. Dos Equis is the official beer sponsor of the college football playoffs, so it's the perfect beer for fall Saturdays in Big Orange Country. Brewed since 1897, it's all about tradition, just like college football. So keep it interessante at Neyland with Dos Equis. Please enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Distributed across Big Orange country by Cherokee Distributing, proud supporter of UT Athletics. This is The Nation, presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted on location by Texas Roadhouse. Now, back to Crescent Austin. All right, back here on The Nation tonight, it's Chris and the Brent Hubs. Austin on assignment, on vacation, taking some time with the family, all the above. We certainly miss Austin, but it's great to be here with the Hubber. Um, as we come to you live from the Texas Roadhouse here at the Morrell Road location, thanks to Jarrett Garantano, Tennessee's quarterback, for joining us in the last segment. Really good interview. Um, could tell what it means, very very obvious, Brent, what it means to him that his teammates, his, his coaches, the staff, and, and they hung in there with him, you know, and he's, he certainly took ownership for what happened in the Alabama football game. But, you know, sports is – for those of us who've been around our whole life and played it growing up, it's such a metaphor for life. Oh, yeah. and That's why we love it. And, and Exactly. That's why, I mean, I've been doing this for 30-plus years, and that's why every year I look forward to a new season because you see kids like a Jarrett Garantano who get back up, dust themselves off, yep. you know, don't feel sorry for themselves, take ownership, and keep plugging away, man. Keep kicking you-know-what. And that's, uh, that's what he's done, especially in the second half, and has been there – 
for his team. And, again, if you're going to play quarterback, and I've said this over and over again, especially at Tennessee, really in the SEC, at the upper-tier schools, you better have thick skin. Oh, yeah. And playing quarterback at Tennessee, at Georgia, at Bama, at LSU, um, it ain't for everybody. Oh, no. Well, there's there's two things about the quarterback position. One, re- replacing or, or coming behind a, quote, legend is, is or a highly successful guy is, is always just a really tough scenario. The other thing, too, is being a quarterback on a team that's, that's struggled and is trying to rebuild because the, the burden is on you to, quote, save it, okay, because everybody knows to win you got to have good quarterback play. And, um, you know, Tennessee had some parts around him. As Jared said, he did not play the first half of the year the, the way he needed to play. Um, but, again, it's a great lesson to, to young people out there. Keep fighting. Don't pack it in. Don't hit the reset button. Keep playing the game. And, um, there's, you know, that's the beauty of a football game is there's a lesson. There's lessons to be had if you watch the game that way. And, and Jared's been a great lesson for a lot of people the last month. And I don't want this to I don't want this, I don't be accused of having revisionist history. Had he played better, had Tennessee gotten better quarterback play in those first two games, you know, they might have won. But by the same token, I'm not sure they would have won a couple of these games here these last few weeks had he not come in and saved them, certainly in the second half. So it works both ways. Well, and again, I think the the fact is that he was re- he's ready to play whenever he's called upon. He, he's not been in the office. I mean, he didn't go. He could have had a moment, Chris, after in Mississippi State where he said, I told you so. Right. Didn't have it. Right. He's not gone into the I – mean, he went into the office to apologize after uh, the Alabama game and the mistake that was made there. He's not gone back in the office after South Carolina and go, hey, why am I not starting? What, what, what are you doing? What do you mean? You're, you're not putting me in there? Hadn't brought his parents in to have a sit-down with the head coach right. going, why is my kid not playing? He's just gone to work every day. And, and, and there's something to be said in this world for lining up, rolling up your sleeve, and going to work every day. And that's what he's done. And uh, I think it's a credit to him. It's a credit to his parents. It's a credit to Jeremy Pruitt and his coaching staff for keeping him engaged and, and making it clear he was needed. And it's most importantly a credit to Jared's mentality. That, that you go to work every day because so many people in this world don't want to do that. No, and it's, and it's, it's harder and harder at the quarterback position in particular to recruit and keep two or three on your roster. Oh, you can't do it. And, and probably even more precisely to keep two or three engaged mm-hmm. and fully invested no matter what happens. If one gets benched, if another one, you know, if you're playing two for a while and one that's been playing, oh, wait a minute, why am I not getting all the snaps? And to his credit, going back to what you just said, he's been able to do that, and it's paid off for him, and it's paid off for this football team. No, no question. The question is now, can they finish it? Because they were five and five a year ago, with two to play, and ran out of gas. Okay, now they got the open date to recharge their battery. Can they finish this season the, the, the way that they need to with the opportunity that's in front of them? And that's the message they're going to hear when they go back to the practice field from this coaching staff is. What are you going to do with what you've just accomplished? Four and one's great. Okay, you saved and salvaged the season. It's all for naught if you don't get it done the last couple of weeks. Are you going to Are you going to let four and one be wasted? You know, are you going to you going to build off of that and do something with it? We'll find out in a couple of weeks. I also want to see how the how the uh, how that much they continue to progress in the lines of scrimmage, because I think that's where. As much as anything, they've shown the most improvement from where they were to start the season on both sides. Right. You know, and, and, and you still see young guys that are growing up making some mistakes. You, you see a guy like Trey Smith who's just battling his butt off and has really been, in a lot of ways, an inspiration for a lot of people 
and around this football program and defense too, but just the way they've been able to uh, to grow up there and play with more confidence and more continuity. And it's I think they can still get a lot better, but that's where usually when you improve as much as Tennessee has, we mentioned about the veterans and the senior leadership, but you got to grow up and get better in the line of scrimmage, and we've seen that on both sides. Well, and give give Will Friend and Jim Chaney a, a lot of credit because they – they know who their best five are on the offensive line. They can't get them healthy enough to, to play them week in and week out. So they're playing multiple combinations now by choice, Chris, or not by choice, but by necessity, whereas early in the year they were trying to find their best five and they rotated a bunch of guys. Now they're having to play different guys and plug guys in because they're hurt, um, and, and they've been able to, to, to move forward there. And then on the defensive line, Tracy Rocker's group, I mean, Darrell Middleton's block of the extra point last night in the first quarter, it is a play that will go unnoticed by many. But that made it a four-point game at the end of the game where Kentucky couldn't kick a field goal to tie it. They had to score a touchdown there. Changed how Kentucky attacked in, in that last drive and instead of being able to just settle for a field goal and go to overtime. But but Darrell Middleton wouldn't have made that play, Chris, the first two or three weeks of the season. He didn't play hard enough. He didn't play every snap with the intensity he needed to. He, he, he played with intensity on an extra point, blocked the kick, turned out to be a big play in the game. That's a sign of a kid that's figured it out, starting to grow and mature. All right, let's end this segment with Austin Price's favorite part of the show, but we're going to turn it toward you, Brent Hubbs. It's the Marathon Question of the Week. With a full tank of freedom, you can find your own highway and discover the true spirit of the American Road Marathon, fueling the American spirit. You can make this short and sweet if you want to. So if you're Jeremy Pruitt going forward, can you, do you continue to start Maurer? <laughs> do you start Garantano? Do you continue to bring jg off the bench what do you do i don't know starting jared would seem to make the most sense given the fact that i think he's the quarterback that gives you the best chance to win week in and week out i think that's been proven chris over the the month here but you know coaches are creatures of habit we all know that and you get in a rhythm and if you feel like this rhythm's working for you then maybe you don't maybe you don't start him but maybe you plan on bringing him in earlier in the game than you did last night i mean he came in at the half which is the latest really he's come on in relief since he lost his job i, I don't I, starting jared seems to make the most sense but again i know coaches coaches and they don't mess they don't want to mess with a lot of of juju when things are going real well so is he going to mess with it i think we'll find out in a couple of weeks you know the best part is though for jeremy pruitt and the staff is i don't really think jared garantano nope. cares and that's the that's the most important i think thing. he just wants to be out there helping his football team and whether he starts whether he comes in the second quarter whether he comes in at halftime most important hit part for him is to be on the field when it counts. Yep, you're exactly right. All right, let's take our final break here on The Nation. He's Brent Hubbs. I'm Chris Lowe. We'll be back here at the Texas Roadhouse on the Railroad in just one minute. Fans, this season, enjoy the refreshing taste of Coors Light at Dos Equis, now available at Neyland Stadium. Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. It's made to chill, and Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Both of these great brands distributed across the Volunteer State by Cherokee Distributing. Celebrate responsibly, and 21 means 21. There's something out there for you and me. And the American road is calling, so what's it going to be? Hey, it's in a American spirit. 
When Chrissy Ray and Chuck Tunkin founded Mortgage Investors Group in 1989, the idea was simple. Help people realize the American dream. 29 years and 115,000 clients later, Mortgage Investors Group is the number one lender in Tennessee. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do your mortgage, but it does take a promise. At MIG, it is their joy to keep promises. Go to MIGonline.com and let them get started on your American dream today. MIG is an equal housing lender. Mortgage license 109111. When it comes to the big orange, you want the score to be ahead at the end of the game. The same is true in flooring. That's why you want to trust Frazier's Carpet One. Whether it's carpet, hardwood, luxury vinyl tile, or more. With Frazier's, the score will always be ahead and in your favor. So give us a call at 546-4850. Everything for the floor, from the score you trust more, Frazier's. The world's most refreshing beer is now available at College Football's Best Stadium. This season, enjoy Rocky Mountain Cold Coors Light on Rocky Top, now inside Neyland Stadium. So when the action on Shields Watkins Field heats up, Coors Light is there to cool things down because it's made to chill. This fall at Neyland Stadium, grab the beer that supports the balls. Ice cold Coors Light. Celebrate responsibly. 21 means 21. Distributed across Big Orange Country by Cherokee Distributing. Proud sponsor of UT Athletics. This is The Nation, presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted by Texas Roadhouse. Now, back to Chris and Austin. All right, welcome back into the show. Final segment of The Nation tonight. I'm with Brent Hub tonight as Austin has the night off. And uh, we are at the Texas Roadhouse here in the Morrell Road location. We actually will be here, Brent, for three more Sundays before shifting over to the Alcoa location. And uh, certainly want to thank our friends here at the Texas Roadhouse and love for you to come by and Talk a little football, eat a steak. Uh, when AP's here, he's a big grilled chicken guy. Likes the grilled chicken. Fries and grilled chicken. Likes his fries crispy. But uh, a little bit of everything here at the Texas Roadhouse, and I can promise you it's all good. So, Alabama Crimson Tide losing at home yesterday for the first time, Brent, since 2015. They've lost a home football game at Bryant-Denny Stadium. And it looked like for a while the LSU was not going to just beat him, but blow him right out of the stadium Alabama and Tua Tagovailoa, let's give him a ton of credit on a bad ankle, come storming back to make that a football game. But Joe Burrow, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen one player in one offense transform as dramatically in the course of a year as he and that LSU offense has. Now, he's surrounded by a lot of great receivers, guys that will play in the pros. But their scheme, the way he gets rid of the football, his knowledge, and, and I was at Alabama all last week doing some stuff leading up to the game. And then talking to Coach Saban about him, he said, listen, the thing that concerns you the most from a defensive perspective about Burrow is three things. Number one, he always knows where he's going with the football. Okay. Two, he's a tough guy. You know, you don't rattle him easy. And over and above, over and above knowing where he's going with the football and getting rid of it, he can scramble for yardage and run for the first down and buy time and extend the play. He does a little bit of everything, so you've got to deal with all that. And, when, again, when you surround himself with some of those cats at receiver, uh, they're going to be a tough out for everybody they play. Oh, no, I mean, I think they're probably the best team in the country. Maybe it's them. They, or got, they certainly have the best resume. No, no, no one's done more than LSU to this point. I, I 100% agree. The thing, I, the, the thing that I – and it tells you where LSU's belief is in Joe Burrow. That game in the fourth quarter, Chris, when they got a lead, they could have they turned and tried to hand it off three times make a first down, milk the clock, all that. And you know what? 
They told Joe Burrow, go win the football game. Right. Hammer down on offense. Let's be aggressive, and let's go win the football game. And, man, he went across the middle. He ran a couple quarterback draws. He was in complete control. And I know that Alabama defense is not what they've been, and there's no doubt about that given given the youth they're playing. The young linebackers, yeah. yeah. And those young linebackers got exposed. And Tennessee felt like they could expose them in that game had they been able to you know, play better at the quarterback position. But for, for Burrow, for, for LSU, the mentality that they had tells you the trust they had in Joe Burrow because they just told him, Joe, Go win us the football game, and he did. Yeah, sure, certainly didn't try to sit on it. Nope, did and, not try uh, boy, to bleed I tell you, the clock. And, and, and give Brady and Ensminger uh, props because a couple of their play calls, the quarterback draw was huge in that game mm-hmm. at a time when, you know, I'm not personally, I'm not thinking quarterback draw, but after they call it and, of course, it pops, you think, what a brilliant call, what a brilliant time in the game to call it. And of course, he's got the ability to make that work, but uh, I you know, people, they always want to know, we have to do it at ESPN every Saturday night late, your four teams, and my four playoff teams right now, one's LSU, two is Ohio State, three Clemson, and I still got Alabama four. Now, that may change depending on what happens going forward. You know, for instance, does does Oregon went out and win the Pac-12 championship? You know, does Oklahoma went out? Boy, Oklahoma nearly blew it last night against Iowa State. Yep. Do they went out and win the Big 12 championship? Conference championships will matter. And Alabama has gotten the benefit of the doubt more times than not over the last few years, not only in the playoff, but in the BCS. Um, will will they potentially get it again? See, I think for them to have a shot to get it again without an SEC championship, they really need Auburn to beat Georgia this weekend. And then Alabama needs to turn around and beat Auburn soundly on the Plains. And then if Oregon does win the Pac-12 championship, they would have lost to an Auburn football team that Alabama beat soundly at Auburn, an Auburn team that also has a nice win over Georgia. If Georgia, So there's still some things, and I think Alabama's going to need some help. Uh, I don't know, you know, with Penn State losing, everybody's going to say, well, what about Minnesota? Minnesota's still unbeaten. You know, even if they get to the championship game, and certainly a lot of it would depend on what they did against assuming it's Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, I don't think Alabama's out of it. They, they're going to need some help. They're going to need some things to fall just right. And uh, I do believe this. I think there's a general among media, among fans, can't say it's necessarily the committee because the committee's su- supposed to be immune to this, but there's a general Alabama fatigue right now. People are tired of Alabama, tired of seeing them in the playoff, feel like they have gotten too much benefit of the doubt, fair or unfair. And they're just tired of them winning all the time. Yeah, and I think that's why you're going to hear people talk about them not, not get, that they should not get in as one of, as the one loss team. Okay, that other teams should get in over them as a one loss team. But if your one loss is to LSU, who's the number one team, and, and the, the committee looks at that, it's hard to say that yeah, they're not the a, best a, one loss team a, in the a, country. A cl- if it's a close, which it was a close loss, to a, let's say an unbeaten SEC champion right. LSU team, then who are the other one loss teams? At that point, is it an Oregon team that lost to Auburn that you beat soundly again? All this is hypothetical. Sure. Well, the, I think the one-loss debate is going to be really fascinating to see because it's not going to be four unbeaten teams. There's going to be a one-loss team in that fourth spot, I believe. And, and, and if that's the case, that's going to be a fascinating conversation. Conference championships are supposed to matter, and they should matter. But all conferences aren't created equal, all right? And from year to year, they're not equal. But the mandate when we went down this playoff road, and I remind people this all the time, was not to get necessarily the four most deserving teams, but the four best teams. That is very, 
very subjective, which is why we have a committee. There's still a human element there. And as long as there's a human element, there's always going to be debate, whether it's a 14 playoff, an 18 playoff, what have you. And that's just part of it. There's no perfect way to do it. No question. Hey, as as we're out the door right quick, Tennessee has just picked up a football commitment, a 2021 athlete from Virginia by the name of Nate uh, Evans. More details on him is out there, but that's something that just popped a minute ago. Late-breaking news. Brent Hubs, thank you. Thanks to Jared Garantano. We'll see you next Sunday night on The Nation. You've been listening to The Nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of Rivals and VolQuest.com. Presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted by Texas Roadhouse. Sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group. Celebrating 30 years and the number one lender in the state of Tennessee. Learn more at MIGonline.com. By Texas Roadhouse. Your home for legendary food and legendary service. 12 area East Tennessee restaurants. By Marathon. Discover how a full tank of freedom from marathon will take you wherever you go marathon fueling the american spirit by tennessee lasik associates proud supporter of the tennessee volunteers see the difference with tennessee lasik by blue bunny ice cream available in neyland stadium and thompson bowling arena and by dosekis the official beer sponsor of the college football playoff keep it interessante and please enjoy dosekis responsibly distributed across the volunteer state by cherokee distributing The Nation is also brought to you by... Join us again next Sunday across the Volunteer State. For more news on college sports and the SEC, this is The Nation, signing off.